Jody Vance with you and our COVID-19 numbers today uh, tell a tale for sure. 395 new cases in the last 24 hours, 395 new cases when people were feeling, okay, we're almost through this. Uh, but are we with the Delta variant with 187 new cases just in interior health alone, that hot zone? The, the individual or the localized mandates being put in place by BC's provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, battling back against the hot spots, the, the low immunization or outright no immunization places and spaces in our province. Of course, we're watching the numbers, right? We're looking at the data. Zero deaths in the last 24 hours. That's the good news. Hospitalizations continue to tick upwards. 71 now in hospital across BC. That's up three. And 23 in ICU, also up three. We did hear from Dr. Henry saying that all of those in the ICU in interior health were unvaccinated. And lots of focus on vaccinations in our province. 82.1% of eligible people 12 and up have had their first dose and 70.6% have had their second dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. So there frames the data that we've regularly received here in British Columbia. The way data is shared in other jurisdictions is fascinating and very different. Uh, one of the main reasons why we want to bring in our next guest, who's actually a former colleague. He's an independent journalist from Denmark. He is formerly the news director and talk show host at Radio NL News in Kamloops and former journalist here at CKNW, CBC Vancouver as well. Shane Woodford is with us. Shane, thanks for doing this. Always a pleasure, Jody. How are you? I'm doing really well. I love following you on Twitter. I have to say, uh, Woodford in DK is your handle. Woodford in DK. Woodford in Denmark. Um, and, mm. and you really come at this from a global perspective. So can you lay out for our listener what you've learned not living within what is our BC or even Canadian bubble? Yeah, well, we've seen the Delta variant uh, race around the globe, uh, much like the Alpha variant did uh, a few months back in the early beginning of the year. Uh, it is, as you mentioned off the top, really is a heat-seeking missile for the unvaccinated. Here in Europe, we're seeing uh, a large amount of Delta variant cases, primarily concentrated in those under the age of 40. Uh, it is going through people who have First doses, even after full strength, for example, here in Denmark, Jody, they did a study of Delta variant cases and found that uh, 22% of them here in Denmark were people who had a uh, first dose of the vaccine. That's after the 14 days it elapsed, so it was at full strength. Uh, so there's some punch through at first dose, and there is some very rare punch through at second dose. It was about 0.07% of, uh, of both doses coming down with the Delta variant. So this thing is uh, easily about double the infectious rate of the original coronavirus that uh, swept across the globe at the beginning of last year and sent us down this uh, hell ride that we're currently on. Uh, and I think that uh, if there's one lesson that has needs to be learned, it's that we need to listen to health officials and um, kind of let go a little bit on this privilege of a normal life and uh, mask up and keep our distance and do some of the smart things until everybody humanly possible is double vaccinated. So that's the message. Therein lies. So it, it does align with what our provincial health officer here, Dr. Bonnie Henry, has been saying consistently. Uh, however, there have been other 
health officials across the country that confuse things a bit. And then we dip into maybe what we're hearing south of the border in the United States where things have been politicized more so. Uh, In Denmark, what have you seen uh, happen there or in Sweden? I know the last time you and I spoke, we were talking about how Sweden was taking a completely different approach to this. What, what is, what is happening in other jurisdictions? What are, is it all coming back to vaccination? Cause we still see so many, particularly on social media or get phone calls from listeners who are, are saying the only way is to go COVID zero. You have to, you know, look at the places that took that route. What do you see with regard to the data on, on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, COVID zero would be the smartest approach, although it's just so, so hard to get there because there's so many things we're just not willing to part with, you know, getting on an airplane, uh, going to see our friends, uh, some of the stuff like we just can't let go of. So COVID zero uh, would be the wise approach, but just humans being humans, it's really, really hard to get there. Here in Denmark, what's sort of fascinating uh, right now is that we're going into a new school year. Uh, The school, the summer here, Jody, in Denmark is basically the month of July, and then the kids go back in in the first week of August. So we're back to school as of this uh, last Monday. And uh, there's been a really interesting approach by Denmark to begin to target, uh, especially older students. Obviously, we're vaccinating the same as you guys, 12 years and up. Uh, But for some university and college students here in Denmark, they went back to campus and found pop-up vaccination sites waiting for them. Uh, There's been some targeted testing that's been uh, aimed at unvaccinated uh, 12 years old and up in some uh, schools as well to make sure that uh, if they're not vaccinated yet, at least they're being as safe as possible. We're seeing uh, mobile sites that are targeting. uh, Here in Denmark, we have so many statistics and so uh, deep data that is thrown at us. They can actually tell, Jody, right down to the neighborhood where vaccination rates are lacking. So, Now they're looking at those neighborhoods and they're finding ways to target them with mobile sites. And recently this week, uh, one of the new approaches has been to just completely demolish having to make an appointment to be vaccinated. Virtually all the vaccination centers in Denmark, as of this week, you can just walk in and get a shot. And there's uh, been some really good numbers coming out of that as sort of a a removal of a barrier uh, for people to get the jab. Where was Shane Woodford? Are you staying up for us or getting up early? I guess you're staying up late for us in Denmark. Are you, are you <laughs> so used to talking yeah. to Tokyo? I'm on the other side of the planet in my head. Uh, staying up late for us in Denmark. I want uh, folks to be aware that you do the evening report, the Woodford in dksubstack.com uh, woodfordindk.substack.com. It's a great resource. Honestly, I've been I always check in with where you're at because and one of the things that has really stuck with me that has frustrated you if I'm reading you right or hearing you right mm. is in Canada how we aren't utilizing testing to the degree that perhaps we could or we should and why you think that is yeah I don't know why that is but I mean in BC for example yesterday you guys tested 6,946 people or, or administered 6,946 tests anyway um, that is peanuts. That's a joke. That's laughable. Same day, Denmark did 148,233, and we've scaled back like a huge degree. At one point during the height of, of the last wave, Jody, we were doing 800,000 tests a day here in Denmark. And like I said, the data that that gave health officials was enormous. It allowed them to literally target. We would get press releases sent out here saying, we have a Delta variant outbreak in this town. It is located on houses in these streets. We are locking wow. this area down. We're targeting stuff in this particular area to try and get those cases down and lock them down and make sure it doesn't spread. 
I mean, testing gives you so much intel and information, and it also acts as a great surveillance tool. Uh, you guys are looking at cases, what, 395 today. I can tell you absolutely there are cases there that you're missing, that you're not seeing. If you had 100,000 tests yesterday, that number would be higher. The unanswered question is how much higher would it be? And I think it's a real shame that they've just not made even a basic effort to try and enhance and improve a testing regime in BC that has been stuck at lackluster virtually since the pandemic began. Jody Vance hanging out with you on CKNW Afternoons today, and I'm hanging out uh, virtually, I guess, across the pond with uh, our friend in Denmark, former colleague here at CKNW, also formerly the news director and talk show host at Radio NL in Kamloops, now a freelance journalist living in Denmark, uh, reporting on everything European Union and beyond. Shane Woodford is a great resource. If you happen to be on social media, I highly recommend that you follow Shane Woodford at Woodford in DK. And Shane, uh, prior to the break, we were talking about testing in Denmark and some of the numbers that you were throwing around. It's just remarkable to think of, of just how we could just test constantly. And, and, and how is that an affordable, uh, how is that managed in Denmark? I mean, I know having, having Danes in my family, I know how good they are at the details. <laughs> but I mean, here we're talking about wastewater and we're sort of looking in general areas where COVID is in circulation, as opposed to the specificity that you were sort of mapping out for us in Denmark. How is that? How does that work there? Yeah, well, the cost is, of course, extremely prohibitive, but Denmark uh, has some deep pockets for some of those social safety nets, and uh, they are not afraid to shell out for COVID testing. So uh, they're set up virtually everywhere uh, in every town. I live in a town of about 8,000 here in Denmark, and we have a COVID test center that comes in three days a week. And if it's one of the days that it's not here, then it's a pretty short drive to a town that has one. So uh, they just came out and they were enhanced and built up and enhanced and built up and enhanced and built up. And they just became a part of the lifestyle here. You literally would be like, okay, well, I'm going to go to a movie. I'm going to go to a restaurant Wednesday night. So I'm going to get tested, you know, on Monday or Tuesday, depending if it was a rapid or PCR. And then you would go and do those things. And you just work that into your schedule. So it was really interesting. It just became part of Danish life. Uh, it's interesting, too, by the way, as sort of an aside to that, Jody, something that we saw announced today in Germany is that um, they're targeting people who have not been vaccinated and are getting by by using the testing system in that country, which uh, is also paid by the state, uh, and choosing not to be vaccinated, but instead going to get tested, getting a negative test, and then going to do all the things that vaccinated people can do as well. And uh, it sounds like as of October... Uh, a date they've circled there where they figure the population in Germany will have been offered a vaccination, uh, everybody, and uh, they are going to remove um, the free COVID testing, except for certain people, uh, kids, uh, pregnant women, things like that. Uh, they're going to they're gonna make it so that you have to pay for the test with the hope that people who have chosen not to be vaccinated will get so mad at having to pay out of pocket for COVID tests that they will choose to just get the jab instead. Ooh, interesting carrot there. So you have until October mm. to get fully immunized. And, and until then, all, all is for free. And then you begin mm-hmm. to pay. Uh, what kind of a vaccine passport is there uh, in the EU at this point? Is it very greatly from country to country? Because we, we're just hearing sort of the, the stone across the surface um, headlines of who's taking what, or more importantly, who's not taking a, a mixed dose or what have you. 
Yeah, the vaccine passport system here is really incredible. Uh, Denmark had one, was one of the first countries to have one. Uh, it's digital, it's on your phone, I have it as an app. Uh, a lot of other European countries have followed suit, and then the European Union created their own that married with all of the ones in different countries. So my vaccine passport is called Corona Pass here in Denmark, has two sort of views. One I use in Denmark, and the other is called International, and I can use mm. that to travel around the European Union. Uh, and it's basically the international version is a QR code, so it gets scanned at airports or wherever if I'm going to go to France or to Germany or to, to whatever. And it gives uh, three levels of information. Uh, it tells them if I'm fully vaccinated, what kind of vaccine it was and when I had my shots. It will tell them if I had a previous infection. Uh, here they allow you up to a year. Let's say, let's say I just recovered from corona, then they assume that you have the antibodies to beat corona back. Uh, and those antibodies are good in high in high numbers for at least a calendar year. Uh, so that allows you to move around as if you were vaccinated. Uh, and the third one is it shows your last negative test. So we have a lot of things here where you can go in and do something. But you have to have a PCR test that's no, no older than 72 hours, for example, or something like that. Uh, so mm -hmm. to give you just kind of a, a ground work example of how it works, just today I was in a place called Svenborg. Uh, and I met a friend of mine, and we uh, we sat down for some McDonald's. And in order to get our food, we had to show our Corona Pass in the McDonald's restaurant, and then we could have our burger and fries and hang out. Uh, that's how sort of integrated it is on a societal level here in Denmark and to a great degree across Europe as well. Well, when you were waiting for your fries and your burger, did you feel that your uh, your personal rights and freedoms were being violated? <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I, I say that with a little bit of sarcasm. I'm not going to lie because if, here we're yeah. hearing that's a violation and we're also hearing that will be forged. There's no way to to uh, keep this legit. It sounds to me like it's been pretty well thought out and figured out across the EU by what you're saying. Yeah, we don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is some degree of. Um, anti-vaxxers anti and stuff here in Europe as much as there is anywhere else. But for a great degree, especially in Denmark, I've noticed that, that the numbers of people who are chosen to go uh, and be um, trying to choose a charitable word here, but I guess dumb, uh, and uh, go down that particular path are incredibly small. Most Danes, uh, by and large, and, and through the rest of the Nordic countries as well, are fully on board with the vaccine passport, are fully on board with the vaccines, are out getting their doses, doing the things they should. Uh, and I'm thankful that I'm spending my time in a country where um, the level of idiocy is, is incredibly low compared to what I see in other places. It's really great to speak with you, Shane. Uh, you bring to the table, as you do to your social media, a uh, perspective that is so refreshing, uh, straightforward, uh, no holds barred sometimes, and uh, mm -hmm. always entertaining and rooted in facts and data. And I appreciate you taking some time for me on your evening. Thank you for this. No problem. Uh, you've got two things coming your way, Jody: the school year and the winter when everybody goes inside. The seasonal effect will begin to work against us. So I'm wishing you guys a lot of luck on both of those fronts because the battle is still uh, still out there and we still got to fight it. It's very real and it's about vaccinations, masking, washing your hands and distancing, things we've been talking about for the last 18 months. Thanks for bringing it to the table, Shane. Appreciate you. Yeah, stay safe. 
Cheers. You too, man. Uh, that is Shane Woodford again. If you want to follow him on social media or uh, yes, on social media is probably the best place. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Woodford in DK. <laughs> 